Welcome back to the tape store, everyone. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. We were made in the 80s. And played in the 90s. And here we are. It's week two. Of spooky season. Yeah. September is completely Are You Afraid of the Dark? And that feels so good. I'm not going to lie. Because usually, or in the past, we've we've covered, you know, either broad Are You Afraid of the Dark? Or like an episode here and there. You know, we have the storyteller's chair, which of course we'll talk about later in the episode. Yeah. But... To have a whole month dedicated to a show that means so much to us and honestly inspired us to even do this podcast. Yes. It's such a big deal. It was the first episode after the pilot that we did and we talked about that last week. um, And where we just talked about the show in general. Right. And what it meant to us and just it's, you know, how innovative it was. Last week was the first uh, episode that we focused in on a particular one as far as talking about it. In a podcast format. Yes. Because, again, we talked about last year for our 51st episode, we did the Storyteller's Chair, mm-hmm. which we did an audio drama of the tale of Laughing in the Dark. Right. Right. Which, if you've been following our social show, social media, mm-hmm. you know that this week is Zebo Week. So exciting. And, and you all have come out in droves to be like, yes, and supporting it because, I mean, come on. It's just, yeah. it's such a good episode. How could you not? It. It's, in my opinion, the best episode. If I had to take one, I would take this one. Well, because, I mean, it's iconic for many reasons, but listen, clowns in the 90s, get out of here. Well, clowns are scary. Clowns are scary in general, but I mean, like, you know, you got to think, you know, it had had just come out. Yes. The the, the 90s version, you know, the made-for-TV one. So we were all naturally terrified. So this just, I mean, it piggybacked on that fear and that, you know, anxiety, and it's perfect. It's true. Um, it, it's just, I can't say enough. I can't wait to get into talking about it. But yeah, so so it's been great doing Are You Afraid of the Dark this month. Uh, and I have been super excited about every, you know, the past two weeks. You know, just oh, yeah. Really, really, it's been carrying us through. Yeah. Because some weeks we, we don't know what we're going to talk about because we're so busy. We can't really plan our episodes ahead. And so it you don't necessarily look forward to every every single week when you don't quite know what you're talking about. Right. I mean, we all, we look forward to every episode how whenever we <laughs> we decide but, what we're doing, but this week it's like it's been building because we yeah. knew we were going to do it. No, yeah, I mean, I love the podcast. Love it. Oh gosh, it's such a it's so much I just, fun. What I'm saying is I don't always look forward to the process of of figuring out what we're going to do. And we have so little time being working folks. You guys know. Yeah. You, you know how we feel. But this is this is a special one, definitely. I remember uh, when I first saw the tale of Laughing in the Dark, you know, when I was 11 years old. And every time I watch it, it's, I mean, it's like magic every every time. I mean, really, every time I watch it, I stop everything I'm doing. Yep. And I sit and I just immerse myself. Right. So, And, and our and, kids love it, too, which is exciting. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so without further ado... Uh, we're going to talk about this episode, and we're also going to kind of talk about our storytellers chair episode. And we, and if you haven't listened to that, we we would refer you to it. Yeah, you know, we we worked really hard on it, and uh, we, you know, Brooke, you did a fantastic job with uh, the original music where it's original. There's a Zebo theme. Yes, that is really exciting, and um, 
you know, we both wrote wrote the story out together, and and we filled in some things, which I want, you know, yeah, I, like thought processes and, 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 and some... parts of the, and parts of the story that are kind of like, hey, it would be interesting to maybe add this, yeah, to explain certain things, right? And, uh, we we'll, didn't add anything to the the characters or the story. No, simply filled in some holes that maybe if you were reading it, yeah, or telling you would it, have or yeah. telling it. A lot of it is just the storyteller yeah. shares how you tell it, exactly. Yeah, but this is such an incredible episode and it's one of those moments for me uh this episode i mean the whole the show as a whole yes absolutely but but this particular episode was one of the ones that defined uh early 90s tv for me nickelodeon um and are you afraid of the dark itself is defined by episodes like this it's not just this one but shows like this one Twisted Claw. Yeah. Oh, which, gosh. Which was, I love that one. Which is the first episode I'd ever seen. Yeah. Which pulled me in. Uh, and we talked about this last week, how not every episode is great, but they're all good. Right. And but this is one of the great ones. This is epic. And and uh, Midnight Madness. Oh, my gosh. Tell the Midnight Madness. So, not to get ahead of ourselves, but we are here for Zebo this week. Um, and let's begin. Yes. Now, this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark is unique not only because it is again the best in my opinion really the the quintessential example of why this is a great show right not just a good show a great show yes and this episode is a great episode and, and it's legitimately scary especially if you're like an 11 year old kid which yeah. I, which I was you know when I was first watching it and 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 fans of the show and our listeners who who grew up with the show can tell you that, that this episode everyone is always like oh god zebo it's scary yeah. <laughs> it's scary now i i saw this one as an adult so granted i didn't have that childlike like oh god a clown but but right. I, but but because like it by Stephen King is one of my favorite novels, one of my favorite movies right so i was just naturally predisposed to love it yeah well, again, this episode is special for the reasons that we said, but also because it goes in a slightly different format. Usual Are You Afraid of the Dark format is intro, Midnight Society, story, and then Midnight Society wraps it up. Right. You know, Gary, right. Gary closes the meeting. We know what to expect. Right. In this situation, with this story, with this episode, we have intro and kind of a prologue to the story. Like we, we like we've kind of come in the middle of the story. Medius Rex yeah. is a, a, an English yes. term. Yes, in the, in the middle of action. Right. So what we have is intro, this kind of prologue, then Midnight Society story, and then, yeah, it's odd. Yeah, and we come in after the intro to these two girls going through a spook house or a haunted house. Yeah, they they yes. in the in the story they refer to it as the spook house. Yeah. So it's. It, that's the terminology yeah. we're going to use. And a, a common term that we also hear is it's a haunted house. You know, right. Some amusement parks will have a haunted house. Right, you know, right. With jump scares and, and such. We all know what they or entail. Or a fun, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's like a mixture between a spook house and a fun house because it has the mirrors, but it it's also has scary stuff. Yeah. So it's a, a mixture. This is not a, a spook house you'd want to come across. Uh, so we have these two young girls going through it, and they're getting scared left and right by the little jump scares, and it culminates to... Them entering this uh, big circular room with uh, you know crazy colors all over the yeah. place and numbered doors, and they end up going up to one big red door, which we know is the legendary door number six. Yes. It flies open and out comes this tall, massive, 
you know, just crazy, scary yeah. uh, clown. Right. Like, uh, but it's a dummy clown. Right, right. It's not a person. Yeah. With with glowing red eyes and it's this... Crazy hair you know, this and... cackle, this, you know, high-pitched cackle and the girls just scream. And then we cut to the Midnight Society. Like you said, in Medius Rex. Yeah. And then we cut back to reality. Yeah. The Midnight Society. Kristen. She's not having it. She's not having it. She jumps up and she says, I'm gone. <laughs> because she has a fear of clowns. The person telling the story that we came in Medius Rex to. Yeah. If I'm using that properly. <laughs> is our beloved. Queen of horror. Right. Betty Ann. Uh, immediately, you know, we see that there is an issue here and. Kiki is, of course, quick to jump on it. And, and she's, so, like, she's like, Little Miss Princess is scared uh, yeah. of, yeah. Little Miss Perfect, right? Yeah, Little Miss Perfect, that's it. Little yeah. Miss Perfect. Uh, Eric is there, too. We know Eric, you know. He's he's Eric. <laughs> not, the, not the nicest kid of the No, group. he's not. Uh, called it Bozophobia. So they're all making fun yeah, of Kristen. Yeah, Betty Ann's like, hey, I didn't say it. So Kristen is kind of, yeah, yeah, Betty Ann's like, hey, look, you know, I'm just telling the story. I'm just doing my thing that I'm really good at. She and we is. know Betty Ann has cranked out. Anyone who carries a skull in their purse, one, has my respect, and two, is a great storyteller. There you go. <laughs> well, Kristen, feeling challenged by all this, mm-hmm. and now being kind of taunted a little she's bit. Like, all right. She's like, she, she says, you know what? I'm going to stick around for it. Gary, our fearless leader, hands Betty Ann the dust. Yes. And says, let's start for real. You know, Gary always keeping us yeah, on point. Yeah, it makes me think that almost Betty Ann was kind of like, let me tell you a little bit about what we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Almost like she couldn't she couldn't wait right. or something. Yeah. And maybe that's why we entered the story earlier than normal, which yes. is very on brand for Betty Ann. She would be excited. Yeah, of course. If she knew she had a good one. Yes, definitely. She's definitely enthusiastic about right. all things dark and, and... And spooky. Yeah, and we love it. And, and, of course, again, Gary, you know, our fearless leader, keeping us on point, making sure the... the um, the pleasantries and the customs and the ceremony of the Midnight Society Still is, preserved. is observed. Yes. So Betty Ann uh, submits for approval the story, The Tale of Laughing in the Dark. And here we go. So we go back to Playland. Yes. Which is the name of the amusement park. Right. That houses the spook house. Right. From the prologue. Except it's not the two young ladies from the beginning. Yeah, that's interesting. That kind of goes away because I don't think they. Well, they weren't the principal characters. What this kind of gives us is that this is something that happens all the time. You know, we have an amusement park, a local amusement park, or a local fair. Yeah, and it has the spook house, and people go through it all the time. So uh, this is something that. Yeah, it kind of sets up that this is. It's not just unique to the character she's about to introduce. It is a well-known thing and and we know because we're going to get into a bit of the the story here right and the background and and this isn't something new this is something that's no there's some lore attached yes but and you 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 nailed it with that there's (laughs) absolute and the lore attached to this is what makes this such a great story absolutely so we have three kids these are the three kids that are going to carry us through this narrative this this story Mm -hmm. we have ouija kathy and Josh. Now, Ouija and Kathy are siblings. Yes. Ouija. And I and I question who named their child Ouija. It, it might be short for Luigi. I it's don't know. not a great. <laughs> it's not a great nickname. I'm just. Well, I'm just gonna say that. Let's because say this. I think it every time. We will say this. Ouija's a good kid. He is. Yes. He He's is. a good kid. He's a good sport. And you know, Playland was jammed. Yeah. 
Betty Ann, you know, <laughs> Betty Ann kind of. We takes say that all the time, and it's not even relevant to yeah, life. Betty Ann's kind of given the voiceover yeah. before she, before you know, we get handed off into the story, right? Uh, and she tells that Playland was jammed. <laughs> I love that line. Yeah, so you know, a lot, of, a lot of kids there, a yeah. lot of people there having fun. It's, it's an amusement park. Yeah, so you can imagine all the things. That and are an there. amusement park, especially in the early '90s. I mean, like again, this is before smartphones and before. You yes, know, all this right. stuff. So we actually did stuff. Yeah, and we actually had to pay attention. And we actually made memories that we remembered because we weren't staring at our Right, phone. we weren't too busy capturing the memories we were experiencing. Them. Yes, gosh. I miss that. I know. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm a huge smartphone user. So yeah. I, but even still, I'm like, man, I, I miss disposable cameras where you had to be like, oh, God, I hope these turned out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, It's a great soapbox. Uh, it's a great soapbox to be on. Uh, yeah. We could talk about that for a while. But yeah. yes, this is this is how things were for us. And, right. And I miss it. We were fortunate to, to have that yes. for our childhood. So, Ouija, Kathy, and Josh. As we said, Ouija and Kathy, siblings. Ouija, the older brother. Kathy is the younger sister. Josh is their mutual friend. Okay? Ouija's a nice kid. Kind of like you're all, you know, you're, He's you're just all your around. standard, all sweet, around, you know, whatever. Yeah. Normal. Yeah, normal Kathy kid. is your all-around good kid. Yeah, like little girl sister. next door, whatever. Yeah. Josh... <laughs> Josh is a Josh piece of work. Is a piece of work. <laughs> Josh is cocky. Josh is uh, arrogant. Um, I wouldn't say he's like a a terrible kid, but he's. I don't. Th- yeah, he he's not like he's kind of a weasel. He is. He's not necessarily mean spirited, but he's not a ball of fun either. No, he's. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hang out with Josh. I think he's pretty much a weasel. Yeah, I would not hang out with. Which him. is going to be interesting when we get into when Zebo comes on the scene, mm-hmm. and Zebo is coming on the scene. Yes, and you know what's funny about this kid that plays Josh? He's also in Goosebumps. Uh, Christian Tessier. I yeah. Think, okay, it's T-E-S-S-I-E-R. I believe it's... It sound, yeah, it looks like it'd be Tessier. It's either Tessier or Tessier. Yeah. But he was also in another great Nickelodeon show. Yes. The Tomorrow People. Yep. He played Megabyte. Mm-hmm. So if, he he has a knack for these roles, though, of this kind of douchey kid. He was well. He was you know really I mean? good as Megabyte. I mean, he was kind of sarcastic and witty as yeah. Megabyte in Tomorrow People. He also is in another episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? He is. Yeah, he's in the Tale of the Curious Camera. Yes, and he's a bully. He's a bully. He's yes. Col- yeah, Colback. Yeah, he, he he's good at these roles because in he, Goosebumps, he's also kind of a just not fantastic kid. He is a really good actor. He is, he, yeah. He's he, good at this stuff. Yeah, he's really good. Um, and it's safe to say he was typecast. Yeah, so Ouija, Kathy, and Josh are going through Playland, and it looks like we're catching them fresh off of um, some kind of ride. Yeah, They've yeah. been doing something, you know, um, and, you know, laughing. You know, Josh, yeah. And, and this is where we immediately get introduced to Josh, who is teasing Ouija about being scared on this amusement park ride. Of course, he, you know, he, he's... Foreshadowing! Right. And they're kind of moving through, and they're just kind of ha-ha-ha, you know. And, yeah. and again, Josh... This is, has been all of us at some yeah. point in our childhood. So Josh is ragging Ouija, and, you know, and Ouija's just kind of... This seems like something that is probably a regular thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's kind of like, trying to let it roll off. In, in one ear and out the other. When they end up in this part of the uh, playland, in this, in this part of Playland, that is w- w- the location of the spook house. Yes. Um, they kind of stand in front of it, you know, and they're kind of looking at it, and they're like, you know. And they're all a little struck by it. They had never been in there. Right. Yeah, they're all struck by uh, the spook house. Yeah, yeah. They had never been in it at all. 
And um, Josh, of course, you know, and I understand he's not been in there. Right. But he's quick to tease. Ouija. Somehow he has clout to tease yeah, anybody. Though. To tease Ouija and Kathy for never going in. Right. Yeah. And he's, you know, uh, backpedaling while he's kind of making uh-huh. fun of you know, yeah. doing the chicken thing, you mm-hmm. know. Um, it smells a little foul to me, you know. He's, yeah, the, the jokes are rough. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know. <laughs> anyway, well, he bumps into somebody, and this is where it starts. This is really where the story starts. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. It starts. Especially those of you who already know the story. It starts with the carny, who Josh bumps into in front of the spook house. And he is dressed from head to toe in red and white stripes. Yes. He's kind of got this southern drawl. Yeah, and, you know, syrupy sweet. And, and when we wrote uh, the story for the storyteller's chair, we described him as, as being uh, someone out of time. Right. He did not He's, seem like he belonged in that time. In but the I 90s. Could, but I also couldn't place when he belonged. Right. He's just kind of... Definitely not the 90s, though. He's definitely... He predates the 90s for sure. Yes. Because we're going to get to our theory, which is 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 nothing new. Is a theory that's it's been It's a wide-held theory for the It's a wide-held the theory. In fact, you know, just spoiler alert, David gives the theory. Yeah. Um, our beloved David oh, no. uh, gives the theory at the end of the story. But the bottom line is this guy is definitely out of time. He's out of place. He just seems wrong. It's a good way of putting it. Right. And this is, uh, again, this is the corny. And this is played by actor Aaron Tager. Who is fantastic. Uh, yeah, he's Dr. Vink. Yeah, so get out of here. But he's also the corny mm-hmm. in this. And Josh is startled when he runs into him. And I think even Josh's reaction tells us that, who is this dude? Because I've been to fairs, and I've been to amusement parks, and I've never seen someone dressed like this. Or acting like that. Right. They're usually like, all right, come on. Yeah, come on, all right. Come on. Next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, this, they're, they're waiting to get off work. This guy is... It's like he lives and breathes this. He does. Literally. My, yeah. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and he asks a question, which, again, I'm a kid now, you yeah, know, yeah, and I'm yeah. watching this, <laughs> and he says, don't believe in old Zebo, eh? So that tells us right there. Because that means he was listening. Yeah, and, what they were and it tells us that old Zebo is something that probably is a local legend. Yeah, you know, and, and and in our city, you know, which is a small town, there's places that are that you know people you know think are haunted and stuff, or believe are haunted and things. Yeah, like that. our previous school, our one of the, one of the hallways, my old hallway, yeah, was the, believed to be haunted. Yeah, the and I loved hall. every minute of yeah, being on a haunted hallway. You know it. Uh, there's some railroad tracks, a trellis. Oh yeah, uh, that is considered haunted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people say that. So these are things that even I I've heard. Yeah, you know, right. and, that, and that you eventually, you know, you heard when yeah. you moved here. When I lived in when I lived in Garland, I lived in Garland, Texas, my whole life. And the Lady of the Lake, at, uh, um, I believe it was a uh, Lake Ray Hubbard. Oh okay. Everyone was always like, oh yeah, she's dressed in white and she'll lure you out into the lake. I mean, Lady of the right. Lake is an old legend from everywhere, and, but we had it locally too. And every so often, the unsolved uh, unsolved mysteries. Mm-hmm. I'm talking like the unsolved mysteries with Robert Stack, who would make Ugh. a Care Bear story sound terrifying. <laughs> uh, this guy, oh god, I love. So him. Uh, he, they would do local legends. Yeah, you know, right? That would be of ghosts or or even UFO sightings, like oh, the lights in the sky. Yeah, that always appear, yeah. You know? We all know them. We all have. Them. We all know local legends, and I think when he says "Don't believe in old Zebo," eh, it's like it's obviously Zebo is something that people either believe in or don't believe in. Either way, this, right. this is but everybody knows about it. A local legend, and he gives another line. 
He says, he's in there all right. Just wait. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> as I'm an 11-year-old kid, I'm like, what? Like, please don't go in, who, but also who, please go what? in. <laughs> and he's referencing Zebo, but mm-hmm. he, he's referencing this, um, you know, behind him is the spook house. And on the spook house uh, is this big... Um, it's like a not a mural, but like kind of a mural yeah, of his face of his face and and, com- and the smoke coming out. Yeah, it, so he's this crazy looking clown with these kind of brownish or this yellowed teeth, and 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 coming out from his mouth is this big stogie, this big cigar. Yeah, and he's and it's the and all the, the while, all the while that Josh and Ouija and Kathy are having this conversation, and then when the carny shows up, you hear in the background the entire time this. High pitched cackle, unnerving cackle. Yeah, it's unnerving, and that's Zebo. Yeah, know, that's 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 you know, and and just that that he's in there. All right, just wait. I'm like waiting to do what? What? <laughs> what? 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 What is right? What's is, his What's his end game this, here? This isn't good. Yeah, you know, but you can't look away. You know, he he's beckoning them to come in. The corny's like, oh, yeah. oh, you know, come on, give it a go. You know, right? Let's give it a try. Uh, and they're like, and Josh is like, nope, nope, good. You know, no. And, and, you know, Ouija and Kathy don't want any part of it, you know. Yeah. The difference between Ouija and Kathy is they're fine saying, look, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Josh, though. It takes a bit for him to. Well, he, he doesn't want to do it, but he doesn't want to admit that he's scared, you know. Right. Some people, it's like, you know, they can admit that they're scared. Then, you know, they got those other people that are like, I ain't scared of anything. I'm like, oh, give me a break. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. So they leave. They leave. But the whole idea of. Zebo and he obviously stays yeah. in there. But head. now their curiosity's peaked. Yeah, because they have this strange encounter in front of the, the spook house, which has some lore attached to it, yes. as you said. So then we go to um, Ouija's house. And it's Ouija and Kathy. That, look, they're in Ouija's room, and Josh is there. He's playing with a hockey stick with a hockey puck, you know. And it looks like they printed out some, some stuff they've researched. Right. And this is where we get this is where we get the backstory. So Zebo was a clown. You know, back a long time ago. Yeah. You know, uh, so again, so it tells me that whether it's every year or, you know, that that, that the, the Playland is obviously something that either comes back every year or has always been there. Right, it's, right. This is something that's that's local to this area. Yes. And back in the day, a long time ago, uh, they, in fact, the year was 1924. Right. That's what I was thinking. I was was like, I think it's 1924. Had to check my notes. Yeah. The year was 1924. (laughs) So Playland at this point is around 1991, uh, early 90s. So we're looking at this thing's been around a while, this Playland thing. And in 1924, uh, there was a clown there named Zebo, And he was, you know, a big part of the show, I guess. He was known for smoking cigars. But Zebo. And, and and we we don't know the man's real name who right. pl- who played Zebo. We just know the character he played. Yeah, but we know he was also um, unsavory, a little crooked. Yeah, because he was caught robbing uh, the, uh, the the circus or yeah. the, the playland. Yeah, he, you know he he took he was t- he was taking the money. Yeah, so he attempted to rob four thousand dollars. He got caught. Now four thousand dollars in nineteen twenty four is a lot. That's of a money. lot of money. A yeah. lot of money. I'm interested in seeing. How much four thousand dollars is equated to uh, in the nineteen twenties? Uh, because four thousand dollars now is a lot of money. Um, okay, from nineteen twenty to nineteen uh, in, in nineteen twenty, this is just four years before Zebo. Right, right. In nineteen twenty, four thousand dollars was 
equivalent to fifty four thousand dollars. Goodness gracious! Yeah, so this is no joke. Yeah, he was really taking them for all they were worth. Yeah, because let's how how much do fairs make? Right. How much do carnivals make? Right. You know, I mean, not 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 a lot. Yeah. Well, he gets caught. He attempts to escape, and he runs into the spook house, but he never gets out alive. Uh, he has. Uh, he, remember, he smokes cigars. So right. I guess he had a cigar when he was escaping. Uh, he ends up dropping it, and the spook house catches fire, and he dies in the spook house. Yeah, in the fire. He perishes in the fire. So, the burning of the spook house with you know Zebo dying in there, and obviously was a sinister individual. You know, uh, this leads to. Obviously, afterward, there there obviously was some events or something would happen. Yeah. They, there were obviously strange happenings connected to the spook house that made people believe that the ghost of Zebo still haunted the spook house. Yes. You know. And ever since then, people would come in and they'd smell the cigar. You know, but they, people would complain about smelling cigars and... The so, laugh and so yeah, and that connects us to again yeah. the carny, you know, so the, the haunting of the spook house. Yeah, the old Zebo. Yeah. Right? So again, they're reading through these newspaper clippings and articles and stuff, and Josh is cracking jokes the whole time. Of course, because you, know? you know he's not scared. Right. He he thinks it's all dumb. It's all stupid. And Ouija says, "You know what? I dare you to go into the spook house alone." He dares Josh to go into the spook house by himself, and Josh is like, "Well, why?" And Ouija makes a good point. He says, because I think you're scared, too. So Josh accepts the challenge. And they go back to Playland. And they go to the spook house. And it's a moment of truth for yep, Josh. Yep. It's time for him to go in. It's time for him to yeah, see. Yeah, and he's like, you know you know what? I'm going to go in. I'm going to get his nose, even. And you're going to wear it. Because that, right, the nose is important for a lot of reasons. But uh, several very important reasons. But it, it's Ouija and Kathy are basically like, how are we going to know that you go in? You could easily go in and find some other way to get out, and not go through all the way. And right? How you could, we know? You could totally avoid Zebo altogether. He said, "Not only am I going to go through this thing alone, I'm going to take the nose. I'm going to steal the nose off that old dummy clown." Yep, and you're going to wear it for a week. And you're going to wear it to school for a week. This is to Ouija. Ouija says, "You get it. I'll wear it." So Josh goes in, you know, he, it's kind of, there, it's kind of, there's kind of two entrances. He, he kind of goes into this first part and then there's another set of doors and it's clear. Josh is like, oh my God, you know, he, it's clear <laughs> he's scared. Yeah. And sure enough, before he can even go through the doors, the doors are pulled open mm-hmm. and it's our old friend. It's the Carney. Yep. It's like he's, it's like he was like, I knew you'd be back. Yeah. I knew you'd be back, you know, and he knows a sucker when he sees one. He's like, you're going to give it a go, huh? <laughs> Josh is like, yeah, why not? Why not indeed? And he gives a very important quote. He yep. says, it's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. So Josh goes in. Carney kind of, you know, disappears. We don't know where he goes. And Josh starts to encounter different things in the spook house, which start off pretty lame, I would think. Yeah, yeah, you know, Unless yeah. you're really young. Yeah. You know, this stuff's just kind of, it's like animatronic, you know, monsters with blinking red eyes and stuff, you know. He's, uh, he goes through there. And then he gets to these mirrors, these kind of the funhouse fun mirrors, fun house yeah. mirrors that, are, that are changing his shape and stuff. And he's jumping up and down, and, and he said, he starts to kind of mock the whole Zebo thing. He goes, uh, hand over the dough. What do you think I am, some kind of clown? Yeah. And then suddenly, 
uh, you know, I think Josh takes a few steps forward and he finds that he's looking at a funhouse mirror, but he doesn't see himself. We see this scary clown. <laughs> yeah, a person, not a dummy. Not a dummy. A person. To me, that was like the scariest part. <laughs> well, no, one of the, the first scariest part, excuse me. In one hand, holding a cigar, and the other hand, a money bag, so we know right off, that's Zevo. Yep, oh yeah. But it was real. It wasn't the dummy we saw in the prologue no. at the beginning of Betty no, Ann's story. No, it was a stinking person. It wasn't a dummy clown. It was a person. It immediately disappears. Yeah, as quickly as he arrives, he's gone. Yeah, and he says in this high-pitched voice, what do you think I am, some kind of clown? You know, he kind of like, you know... Mocks him. Mocks Josh. And we, we, we're we immediately getting the feeling that Josh doesn't quite know what he's getting into and what right. he's messing with. Of course not. You know, what he's making fun of. You know, something that's real. All right? Right. And he keeps going, though, because he's, he's got a rep to protect, right? Yeah, of course. He keeps going... Uh, and he ends up dead ended. He you yeah, because he's being led along the way by these red arrows, and then suddenly they're pointing in all these different directions. And, and you know, Josh is like, "Well, crap, where do I go now?" Yeah, and he ends up falling through a false door, and then he finds himself in the the iconic yes circular room with the crazy colors. And he looks around, and it's different doors. They're numbered. You know, he falls through door number zero, but then there's still there's still nine other doors. Yes, he's got to get through. So. And oh, and 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 we did kind of pass the part. One of the another thing that the carney said, he go, he says, "Pick the right door and you'll go free. Pick the wrong door and there, there he'll, he'll be. be." And I'm like, "Oh my!" Again, I'm a kid. I'm like, "What the heck?" <laughs> and that's repeated when Josh he says that outside. Yep. And then when Josh gets into the room, you hear it again, like over, like you know, you hear it kind of echo over him. You know, yes, whether the, it's in his head or whether it's in the funhouse, yeah, or the spook house. It's pick me. the right door and you'll go free. Pick the wrong door, there he'll be. Again, yeah, not not cool. No, no. So he chooses the first door that he decides to choose is, I believe, it is door number. Let me check. I check my notes. Uh, Four. He picks door number five first. Door number five, which is almost not quite a door. It's like a window, and he opens it up, and it's got like this goofy skeleton head. Yeah. Kind of you know scary noise, and he just kind of shuts. He's like, "Well, that's not it." And then he picks door number four. Yes, that's, yeah. And that's the right door. Okay, so yeah, door, that's the door out. Door number four is the right door. You open it, and there's like this hand that points, and you hear cheering. Yeah, like, you made it. Yay. Yeah, you made it. And Josh is like, thank God, because he's, he's, he's freaked out. He's, right. He, he's trying to keep it together, but it's clear that he's disturbed. But he goes to step out, and that's when he realizes, I can't leave no, I without gotta get the, the dang nose. nose. He's got to put his money where his mouth is, so he has to go back in. And he sees this one big red door. Mm-hmm. And we know because we've seen the young ladies in the prologue, door number six, and he opens it, and it's not a person, but it's the it's the same thing we saw in the beginning of flying out of the darkness is this old dummy clown, yeah, and but Josh, you know, it would freak any of us out, yeah, not knowing what's by the yourself, door. yeah. Uh-uh. So Josh screams, and you know, he's standing, and it's just standing over him, you know, this big scary dummy clown, you know. And, you know, Josh is hesitant, and in the end, he reaches up. Grabs the nose. Snatches the nose off. Kiss this place goodbye. And before Josh leaves, he gives one final taunt to Zebo, and he says, quote, Hope you can smell your stinky cigars without your nose. Not smart. And he leaves. And what Josh doesn't see is what happens when he leaves. 
He leaves, and we see under door number six, which is closed at this point, all the smoke start to come out. Yeah. And this light start to slowly get brighter. So we're like, oh, he's done something now. <laughs> yeah, you've done it. Right. You've woken whatever up. Right. And that's where we kind of, I remember when we did the Storyteller's Chair, we filled in some things. You know, we talked about, like, you know, Josh went home and, you know, blissfully unaware that, you know, what he had done. And, and we talked about how, like, later on that night at Playland, because I would imagine that other people went to the spook house. Yeah, they, they probably weren't the last ones. No, and I and, and we kind of put in that, oh, there were all these these complaints that, you know, there was this cigar smell reeking through the place. And, you know, kids were freaked out by, you know. And I thought that, you know, so, so and I that's what I would imagine happened. Yeah. Is that the, that. I like the, I like the idea that. Zebo has always been around, but it's almost like it took something to activate, to, to bring him into life. Well, and that's important. To bring him out of the spook house. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, no. yes, he exists in a certain space. Like, I mean, ghost lore, I guess, is a yeah. ghost inhabit, inhabits a certain space and can't leave that space. Yeah. It's, but yes. it would take something to bring them out of it. Right. So I like that. And, and, the nose is like the talisman. That Josh takes that brings, out. Yeah, I like that. I think that's Josh cool. taking the talisman, the nose, out of the spook house allows Zebo to traverse out of the spook right, house. Right, because we, if you've seen the episode, we know where Zebo goes. And that right there, so when, when, when we were doing the storyteller's chair, I just said, you know, I, I imagine that any other kids that went through there, I mean, you'd probably have all this crazy stuff going on there. Yes, you know, the smoke coming out. I imagine would be cigars. I, again, something's been awakened. Yes. Yeah. And again, Josh, blissfully unaware. We then go to Ouija sitting on uh, his front porch, and he's wearing the nose. So Josh is on top of the world right now. And he's king of the hill. Yeah, absolutely. And Josh will not let it go. He says that, you know, you're going to wear it all week, and after you get done, I'm going to mount it, and I'm going to put a, pla- you know, get it engraved. The, yeah. the kid who beat Zebo. He's the worst. Right, right. And finally, Josh is like, uh, excuse me, Ouija's had enough. You know, he takes the nose, throws it. He's like, he says, you're a hero and I'm a loser. What can I say? You know, Ouija's finally just over like, Josh. Just be quiet, Because Josh is a sore, what you would call a sore winner. Oh, totally. You know. So he throws the, the nose. And uh, th- they go back in, and Josh, because they're at their house, they're at Ouija and Kathy's house, they go back inside. Josh goes to get his nose, and this is where we get our first really scary, creepy situation. Encounter, yes. Josh pick, uh, picks up the nose, and then he Im- smells cigars. He turns, he looks around, you know, he doesn't see anything, and he just kind of, you know, shrugs it off, heads off. Heads off home, but we see behind the house big puffs of smoke. Yeah, and I love <laughs> that you don't see anything but the smoke because it, it just leaves it to your imagination. Yes, the Jaws effect. So you what know, you don't you don't get to see the danger right until you're right up on so, it. So what I see and what I'm imagining as a kid and even now when I watch it is Zebo's just sitting behind that house. Just puffing away on a cigar, right? And what that says is that he's not even worried about it. He's not he's worried like, oh, about it. It's fine. I'll it's almost you. it's almost like he's letting it happen. Yeah. So Josh knows I'm here. I'm here. We out here. <laughs> it's the smell of cigars. Oh gosh, yeah, man. It's it's just brilliant. Yeah. It's just the slow burn. 
It's like psychological warfare. It, again, He's just like, I don't is, have to be right up on you. This is why this is the one I would take if I could only have one. Yeah. You know? So Josh goes home. At this point, later in the evening, Josh gets home. House is empty. His parents have gone out for the night. They left uh, dinner. And, and such a such a great snapshot of 90s parenting. Like, we know you're not around. Yep, they they left dinner and, and dessert for him in the fridge. Yeah, when you're a kid, you know. Yeah, like, well, it's fine. You're fine. Yeah, you'll be all right. <laughs> Uh, dinner is spaghetti, and dessert is chocolate pudding, this big bowl of it, you know. So Josh goes in the kitchen, he gets the spaghetti out, he's not impressed with it, uh, but he puts it in the microwave, but he also gets the pudding out, and he starts, you know, eating that, you know. Of course. Like any kid would do, you know. Like, uh, dessert? <laughs> That's first. Yeah, he's just <laughs> dipping his finger in there and eating, you know, like, yeah. like any kid would do. Totally. And he hears a noise. He drops the bowl of pudding. The and, massive bowl of pudding. Oh, it's massive! By like, the way, it, it's, it's like it's, a Pyrex big, the yeah. biggest size bowl. It's like it's like enough for like four people, and he's just <laughs> you know, and it's clear what I get from it is that he's an only child. He seems like he's yeah, an only child. Yeah. He drops the bowl of pudding because he hears this noise, and it just sends this massive splat of chocolate pudding across the floor. And he goes to kind of check out the the sound. He grabs his baseball bat, doesn't see anything, but the phone rings. He freaks out, you know. It's, it's kind of like, and that's happened to me. Uh, that happened to me one time. I was watching Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, God, forget And it. I was home alone, and yeah. I was an adult. And, <laughs> and uh, Jeff came over. He knocked on the, knocked <laughs> Good old Jeff. On, yeah, knocked on the door real loud, and it just scared the crap out of me. It's like, <laughs> when you're in that moment, you know, so the, the phone kind of, you know, startles him. It's Ouija. Being a total good sport about this thing. Yeah. He says, hey, look, I'm sorry, you know. I know I've been kind of a, you know. Which he didn't even need to say no, he was Josh, sorry. No, Josh, Josh the, should say sorry. Right. And But but Josh is feeling generous. <laughs> because he says, you know what? You only have to wear the nose for one day. Oh, my gracious. Instead of a week. Yeah. Right. So we just like, oh, okay, okay, fine, you know. He wouldn't be Josh if he, if he didn't, you know. Yeah. Continue to be at least a little bit of a sore Yeah, because Ouija's like, can we just let the whole thing go? And Josh is like, nope, tomorrow's Zevo Day. Sorry. <laughs> you know, it's still got to be Josh. They hang up the phone. Phone rings again. And Josh just assumes... He's like, geez, Ouija. It's Ouija making yeah. another plea. Right. Please don't make me do it. But it is not Ouija. He picks up the phone. Nope. And we hear the voice again. The same voice that said, what do you think I am, some kind of clown? Just this, 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 you know... Snarly, yeah. Oh, it's awful. And it's give it back. And we know (laughs) at this point we're like, oh god, God. we know what's going on. Yep, we know what this is about. (laughs) As a kid, I'm just like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this was genuinely really spooky. Right. So this creeps Josh out, but he's still not there yet. He's not a believer yet. Uh, he is assuming that this is Ouija. He's hoping. Right, he's that hoping. That's what it but is. But he's freaked out. He goes into his kitchen. He starts kind of setting table, but he's freaking, he's taking all the silverware out. I remember when I first watched, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is the whole drawer of silverware on the table? Right, because he's freaking out, <laughs> yeah. right? He's trying to be normal. Yeah. Ding. Spaghetti's ready. He opens up the microwave, and this massive cloud of smoke comes out and he's like what the heck he opens the uh like the little pot that he had that that it was put in and it is not only spaghetti it's a bunch of cigars stuffed in there half smoked cigars oh that probably smelled terrible 
and the music is just this crazy, like, out-of-tune circus music. Yeah. We know what's happening. Super freaky. And as he's looking down at that, remember, he dropped the pudding. And that's when he sees, and this is so scary to me (laughs) as a kid. He looks down and sees, in the splat of pudding that he dropped earlier, a massive footprint. Obviously. It's a clown shoe. Yes. We know how they're shaped. Right. Right. And in the middle of it, though, is the problem. This is the problem. <laughs> in the middle of the clown shoe footprint is a Z. And that is it. He's like, yep, We're all okay. done. We're all finished. <laughs> We're finished. I mean, Josh freaks out. He runs upstairs. He calls Ouija because he's hoping beyond hope. He has something to do with this. That he has something to do with this. And he's completely broken. Josh says, look, look, I admit it. I was scared. I was yeah, scared. I was he's scared. officially I was scared. I was scared. humbled. I'm scared now. Please just tell me. And Ouija's like, dude, I don't know what you're talking about. And then while they're on the phone, we hear a noise. We hear a phone pickup. Yes, and this is where this is where we're dated. This is where the 90s had something on the phones. Because right. this would never happen now. But back then, if you had, two land, if you had a landline and you had several phones in your house... You know, you can pick up the phone, listen to what's going on. He hears the voice. Uh, you know, the, 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 he hears the noise. Yeah, the like, phone the, like, the, like the, another click. And he says, is that you, Kathy? And Ouija says another incredibly scary line, which is, quote, Josh, we only have one phone. It's got to be at your house. Uh, and then you hear it. If you don't give it back, I'll come up and get it. <laughs> so... Josh throws the phone down. This is the worst part to me. This next part. Well, because he goes to his door because he realizes he didn't lock his door to his room. Right. Because he realizes that whatever that voice, whoever that voice is, they are on a phone in his house. He runs up to it. When he goes, what really scared me was he goes to shut the door, but before he's able to shut it, it pushes open. So he was coming in there. Man. Josh manages to get it shut and locked, and then, of course, the door's rattling. I mean, it's rattling. Like, like, and you see, oh, God, at the bottom of the door, the you the see feet. the two feet. Ugh. Oh, that's and it's so scary you when you're home alone. And it's the fact that you never see him. It's the Jaws effect is what I call it. You don't have to, the opening I scene said that of Jaws, earlier. you don't have to see it. In fact... You shouldn't see it. You shouldn't see it. That's what makes a good ghost story. Our imaginations are so much more or terrifying. Any story, yeah, or have the capacity to be so much more terrifying than than what anyone could present to us visually. Right. And so you should be given as much time as you can to be afraid of what's on the other right. side of the shadow. So Josh is still staring at his door, and out from under the the, the, the bottom of this the door, is the worst is a, a balloon inflates. Nope. It's a purple balloon. Nope. And it just floats up. It's already strung. And written in in like black marker on it is give it. Oh my back. god! I cannot imagine. And then it, if this happened to me, and then it pops. And he's like, "Nope, yeah, he's <laughs> gone. <I'm> out. He <laughs> literally bolts. gone." And he bolts. He bolts out. He gets out of his window. Yeah. He gets out through his window. He's that. I would out. too. Are you kidding me? That's it. I'm done with this house. Now, in the show, the next thing we see is Josh arrive. At Playland, it's closed. Right. This is where, when we did the Storyteller's Chair, we added a few more details and, and even like an extra scene. Yeah. Because what I, what I never understood when I was a little older and I was watching it was, okay, how did he get the cigars? Yeah, yeah. Like, did his dad have them? Well, because no, he came he out of the window? He ran out of his house. Yeah, like what? Yeah. 
And so that's where we put the whole part in about he ran into a um, a smoke shop, a cigar shop, and happened to come across kind of a disgruntled employee who was willing to sell this kid's yeah, cigars. Yeah, he was just like ready to get off work. Yeah. He's like, just get out of here. Yeah. Freaked out kid acting weird. Just take him, whatever. Right. We added that piece. And uh, so he he then gets to Playland. And he's it's got, dark. He, he's and... got a bag. And it's scarier. God. You yeah, because it's closed. Yeah, it's closed. And he's going all through there. And again, he's got this brown paper bag. And he gets uh, to the door, the false door, and he can't open it. And he's like, you know, starting to panic. And then it opens on its own. It's like. All yeah, yeah, this, you better get in here. Yeah, all this <laughs> is like now you're going to, you know, na- I'm not gonna, you're not gonna bust through anything. This, this is gonna happen on Zebo's terms. Yep. Ugh. The door opens. Just worse. The door swings open. Josh goes in. For a second, he thinks about leaving, but how can he? At this point, look at what's happened. There's no way he'd be able to. No. There's no telling what would have happened had Zebo gotten through the door. Ugh. Yeah, that's right. By this point, we know. We know this is Zebo. <laughs> it's definitely Zebo. Um, so Josh goes to, um, he tries to open door number four, which we know is the way out. Cause right. at first he gets there. He's like, you know what? I'm out of here. I can't do this. He tries it, but door number four won't open. Like, yeah. yeah, you, you're not done here because the spook house obviously can be controlled by Zebo's ghost. Yeah. That's what's interesting because I don't know if we, I don't know if we mentioned it, but in the, you know, when we, when we read the history of it. Playland burned down. The spook house burned down. It yes. was rebuilt. Yeah, which means that even in its re, you know, rebuilding, it listens to Zebo. It is still mastered and by yeah. Zebo. So that's even scarier because it's like yeah. even the bones of the place, the the very ground yeah. of the place is like haunted. That's super scary. So door number four, which we know is the way out, won't open. Right. Instead, door number six opens because <laughs> oh Zebo's like, uh. You know what's got to happen. Yeah, you have something I need. Yeah. So he walks up, and he apologizes. He apologizes, to because at this point, now he's a believer, right? He says, okay, I shouldn't have taken your nose. I'm sorry. And he takes out the nose, and he sits it down on the floor in the doorway, and he says, and just to show you there's no hard feelings, cigars, all for you. And he takes out the hum- this humidor, a yeah. box of cigars. He lays them down. Door six shuts on its own. And by the way, the dummy's not there. It's just like this swirling smoke and darkness. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's nothing there. So he just sits the Somehow nose down. Somehow that's worse. Yeah, the fact that nothing's there is <laughs> Because worse. he's not in there. Yeah, he sits the nose down. <laughs> he sits the... Bo- humidor down. The yeah. humidor down. Door number six shuts, and then door number four opens right up. And it, this was like Zebo saying, now you can go, and guess what? Don't mess with me. Right. Right. Don't mess with me. Zebo had won. Yes. You know? Yes. Uh, Josh leaves and he runs off into the night, you know, runs off home. And it ends with our old friend coming out, which this is what really did yeah. it for me. The old Carney comes out. It's like he watches Josh run off, you yeah. know. What's interesting, too, is he has a cigar. Mm-hmm. A new, long cigar that he's yep. smoking. And he turns and says, it's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. 
and he laughs, and then we hear Zebo laughing, and yeah. it's you know, and the end. So good. Again, <laughs> this is the this is like the best story, you know. But David had, I think, the theory that we hold. David said maybe the old Carney was Zebo's ghost. Yeah, and that's what I believe. Yeah, because why was the Carney there after hours? Right. Dressed to the nines. Yeah. You know. And just even the way he talked was, you know, they said, he said, you know, when he sent him off the first time, he said, you know, I'm here. I'm always here. Mm-hmm. He said that. He goes, I'll be here. I'm always here. Because he is. Because he is always there. And I, he I, is. And he is Zebo. Yeah. And it, it's just. I think a thing, too, that that is interesting to me, and I don't have an answer. It's more of a question that I think is fun, is that. The fact that Josh took the that his whole thing was I'm going to take the nose, is it that the nose itself was important because that's such a that's such an you know we think of clowns that's such an iconic thing we think of the red nose like that's always you know you think of things like the Red Nose Society when they have you know every year like in in England they put on the Red Nose Society it's like a it's a charity thing uh-huh. and, but it's it's so iconic of clowns yeah. so it's like is it the nose that was the talisman or is it just that Josh's disbelief. And because he chose the nose. Yeah. I I, I, I like that. I, I don't know which one no, it is. I don't think it was the nose. I think it was Josh decided to mock yeah. something that he didn't believe in. Right. And what he didn't believe in, if I'm, if I'm, I'm trying to explain this right, sorry. <laughs> Not only was it mocked and kind of violated again, yeah. you know, t- he took the nose. I think it was also the fact that, uh, again, we're, we're dealing with a ghost here. Yeah. That, that obviously is limited. Yeah, and and I agree with what you said. Him taking the nose out allowed this, this allowed him out allowed Zebo out. Yeah, but interesting. All Zebo wanted to do was get his nose back and go back in. But he also there's also like this almost this this code that he was like, I'm going to teach this one a lesson. Yeah, because Zebo doesn't met like Zebo didn't mess with those two little girls. He didn't mess with uh, Ouija or Kathy. No. But but the Josh Carney went after Josh. He went after Josh. Which you know the Zeebo Car- Carney is is Zeebo. Is Zeebo. Yeah, is yeah, Zeebo. yeah. He went after Josh. Yeah. So I think it was not only being mocked and being violated, it was you have a problem. And you don't believe. And I'm gonna fix it. Yeah. And I guarantee you Josh was, at least for a time, a lot nicer. <laughs> yeah. Or at the very least, scared <laughs> of, you know, Playland and the Spook House. Zebo is no joke. You know, yeah. I would have loved to have seen another story connected to Zebo. You know, because you know, Doctor Vink makes some uh, more than one appearance. We know that Mister Sardo, yeah, Sardo, yes, uh, makes. Uh, well, and and I know in um the uh, I, oh, what's the name of the tale? Uh, the 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 ghost in the mirror. Um, we mm. just watched it with the kids, but you know, she says, "Don't be such a zeb." You know, like they they make yeah little yes. asides and. and the, a, the, yeah. t- the tale of the crimson clown. Yes, that's exactly what I was about. There's to say. a video game uh, about Zero. Yeah, so which makes me feel like in the Are You Afraid of the Dark universe, he's there. Zebo is around everything, even across stories. Yes, he crosses stories, and I love that. Yeah, right. Which which is why he would go after Josh because everybody else seemed to revere this memory, which makes sense. Because I mean, think about his his actual story, which is if he wanted to rob the carnival in which he was employed that meant that means he felt in some way slighted or better than what he was getting yeah so it makes sense that in the afterlife he would continue to be like oh i'm gonna get some kind of honor i'm gonna get some kind of recognition yeah and i think even if it's fear you know which i think honestly suits him just fine 
Yeah. You know? But it's interesting that Zemo, it's like, he's like, I'm not just going to terrorize anybody. It's yeah. interesting that there's this restraint. It's not, yeah. like, it's not like anybody who comes in, I'm going to terrify. Because he knows that, because in my mind, the ghost understands that people are, you know, you're going to have kids and some people scared of the legend of Zebo anyway. Right. It's not like Pennywise, who's like going after right. children. This is like, no, 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 I have a niche here. No. Little kids, like little weasel kids like Josh, I, it, it, you know, if they cross me, you know. Yeah, I guess maybe, maybe his thing, maybe that ghost thing is my... Um, my, you know, uh, notoriety is here in this spook house. Yeah. So if you come into my house, yeah, and you're act, you don't believe what's going on here, right? I'll teach you to believe it, and I love Absolutely. that. I love that because and he's I, and, he still stays in his little area. And but. I felt like that was what a lot of it was too. Now I don't know what Zebo would have done if Joshua tried to hold onto the nose. What I am Scared saying to too, <laughs> right? But what I what, but what we know is that that I think it's safe to say that a big part of what Zebo was doing is like. You are going to know by the end of this thing that old Zebo <laughs> yeah. is real. Yes. Yeah, and I love it. I love it. it. Yeah, I, love I love it. it. It's the restraint in the story. It's not the you know it, it, that's what that's what kept. Yeah, that's what's scary is and that he could do more. Right. But he doesn't. Right. And so I think what would it take for him to do more? Yeah. I think that's my like, right. ooh, like what would it take for him to like I, just straight up be like you know what forget the spook house I'm coming after yeah. kids. You know I what I mean? what, yeah, <laughs> I think that's why we still talk about Zebo. Yeah, so. yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's it's great, you know. It, it's and and that's why you know I'd love to do another storyteller's chair. I'm not saying we wouldn't. You know, we've talked about more it. continued Zebo's tales. Yeah, well, I would love <laughs> to do an, I, I would love to do another storyteller's chair based on an episode Absolutely. of Our Further Dark. Um, you know, it's just it took a lot of time. It took months. But now that we've got it down a little bit more, might maybe not take as much. I'm time. just saying though. But my thing too is like, if we could only do one, it needs to be on this. Yes, one, you know, yes. So. so it was worth it. Yeah. So thank you, uh, DJ McHale. Thank yes. you, thank you, Betty Ann. Thank you, Old Zebo. It was a good story. It's it's again, it's it's my favorite. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, you know, and there's some great epic. Are you afraid of the dark? Episodes, oh yeah, this is the one. You know, in my opinion. So I'm glad we covered it. But yeah, so uh, it's it's been a good one. Yeah. Well, guys, thanks for hanging with us. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap this thing up. Yep. Uh, and prepare for. Another week. Yes, we're excited. You know, uh, later this month, we're going to have uh, Brett on yeah. with us to yeah. do an episode about Are You Afraid of the Dark? We're super excited. If you haven't checked out his book, you really, really need to. I mean, yep. it's it's Scary a labor tales. of love between Brett and so many others. But um, it's basically yes. an Are You Afraid of the Dark like companion Compendium. guide. Yeah. And it has his incredible artwork in it. It has testimonials from all the actors, or a lot of the actors. Yeah, a lot of the actors. Uh, uh, I think we're, you're in it. You you, yeah, you we, have a quote in there. Yeah. Yeah, we, 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 we had the opportunity to. It is just phenomenal. You definitely it. need to check it out. Yeah. Brett is a, a, a OG, original, true dark fan. Yes. And uh, discovered it around the time I did, you know. Uh, when we were both kids, yep. and there's no, nothing like it, uh, discovering that when you were a kid. That yeah. show, uh, it's just it's like as much as you want that magic back, it's like how could you repeat something like that, you know? Uh, but anyways, yeah, it's great. So yeah, we are going to have Brett on later in the month, and I'm excited about that. Can't wait. Go check out his page, Brett Wilson Art, and uh, I'm I'm thankful uh, that that we had an opportunity to uh, to snag the book. Yes. That, that he did. Wonderful. I was just looking through it today. <laughs> Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, looking forward to it, Brett. And uh, so, guys, uh, appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging with us. As always, like to do that. 
Uh, Brooke, tell them where they can find us, and we can wrap it up. All righty. If you're on Instagram, that's where we spend most of our time. It's where we do our polls and our stories and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we are at the tape store. We are on TikTok by the same name. If you're on Twitter, we are the Tape Store Pod. And if you'd like to shoot us an email, we are the Tape Store Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. And guys, uh, of course, hang with us this week. You know, we're going to be talking about Zebo for the rest of this week. Old Zebo. Old Zebo. Yeah, we have a lot of um, we have a lot of videos about it, um, about the storytellers share, but also about this episode on our TikTok. So yeah. If you haven't perused over there, go to our TikTok page, and we've got some fun clips from the show. Yeah. And if you want to. You know, check out what what we feel is a pretty cool take on the story. Yeah, yeah. check out episode fifty one, the storytellers chair, stores, the story, storytellers chair, and uh, yeah, and you get a little bit more Zebo there because there's not very much. We got that little episode, yeah, and it's like that's all we got. I mean, that was more than that. That was enough for us to talk about it for decades. But right, you know, <laughs> uh, the storyteller chair is another, I think, an interesting take on it. And uh, all right, so uh, guys, thanks for hanging with us. As I always, say. And uh, if you have time, leave us a rating. Uh, we appreciate it. But we're going to wrap it up. So for me and Brooke at the Tape Store Podcast and for old Zebo, <laughs> and for the Midnight Society and for all you dark fans and 90s kids, um, we are wrapping this thing up. This is Toby. And this is Brooke. And we will see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.